In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who does prepare us for His arrival. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the question for this morning is, does God want you to be prepared? And on some level, the way that we answer that is, yeah, I mean, we're in the middle of kind of walking through Matthew 25. And so last week, if you weren't here with us, uh, the, the catch up here is that we talked about 10 bridesmaids, 10 virgins who were getting ready to have a party with the bridegroom who was coming late. And since he was coming late, some of the some of the virgins were ready, and some of them weren't. Some of them were prepared with um, some oil, and, and um, they their lamps were able to continue to go. And some people were well, they were not ready. They were the foolish bridesmaids. And so we talked about getting prepared. And yet, then we get into this parable, and uh, Jesus actually is sort of triples up the parables here in Matthew 25. And uh, so he, he gets done telling that one, and it's like he transitions right into this one. And so immediately you start wondering, okay, what's going on? You know, was Jesus telling this parable, and he was looking at the confused look on his disciples' faces and going, they're not getting this thing about the bridesmaids, so maybe I need to go with something else, and maybe I need to go with, well, here's this story about um, some venture capitalists, and uh, the moral of the story is that venture capital is better than banking, right? Some of you entrepreneurs are like, yeah! Well, you know, and, and, and that's kind of the rub, right? Because they, there's, you know, two guys that you go, well, yep, I, I should be like them. Um, uh, because uh, they get all of the good stuff. They, they get, you know, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. And the other guy who goes and hides the money, well, he gets... Throw him out into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so we go, okay, we get the idea, Jesus. Sort of. Because we, we understand that there's two possible destinations here, and we understand which one we don't want to get into. But Jesus, could you help us to figure out which is which? I mean, how do we get prepared? What kind of talents are you giving us? And by the way, Jesus, what's a talent? His disciples probably weren't asking that question, but you may be. A talent is a big sum of money. A uh, talent is uh, roughly about um, a third of a year's wages. And, and so, uh, you know, uh, when, when you're, you're looking at what this, this talent is all about, we're, we're talking about a pretty big number in our sense of dollars. So, you know, kind of do that thing where you go, okay, how much do I make in a year? Divide that by three. Okay, that's what I end up with. Or how much do I pay for tuition and room and board? And, and that's what you end up with. And so it's a pretty big number. And so you go, wow, okay. So so the, the master here was really investing heavily into a couple of these guys. And even the one guy. I mean, it's not like this is Trump change. This is not something where he's, he's saying, okay, well, I'm just going to give you ten bucks. Here you go. This is a sizable amount of money. And so what does it mean for us to get that? And then you start to wonder, well, am I a 
five-talent kind of a person or am I a two-talent kind of a person? Uh, you know, is that a problem that I have? Am, am I just not very talented? Do, do, I, do I... How does God see me? And we start to sort of ask those questions, I think, when we get to this very familiar parable. And I think the thing that we kind of all assume is that the meaning behind this parable is exactly the same as the parable that was told before. It is, okay, I need to get ready. I need to be a Boy Scout. And now all of you can be Boy Scouts because they've allowed women in. So all of you can be always prepared. And yet that may not be what's going on here. Because as we look at this, is everybody prepared? I mean, the two guys that are kind of the heroes of the story, well, they go out and, and they're involved in investing this money and making more, right? And you would think that for two guys that are going out there and they're investing money and they're making more, well, you know, this is probably not a thing that they're sort of stopping, in fact, this is something that they're probably used to doing. They're just like, okay, you've given me something to work with. I'm going to go work with it. And we get this sense that what they do is, is that the guy who makes five makes back five more. And that he stops. And he goes, okay, I'm good enough. And the guy that makes two, he makes two back. And he goes, and he says, well, I've made double. Master's going to be happy with that. Living on the easy side now, just waiting for him to come back. I, I don't know. I, I don't think that that is how these guys are operating. And there's some things in the text that make it appear that that's not what's going on. Some of the verb tenses and things, they, they start to make you ask these questions about, well, these guys seem like they're maybe continuing to do this stuff. Maybe they actually don't feel at any time prepared for the master to come back. Maybe they're not even really worried about being prepared for the master to come back. Maybe they're just like, hey, I've got something to do. I'm going to go and do that. But the guy who is prepared is this snarky one-talent dude. Have you ever wondered about the, the little line that he comes up with? I mean... That line seems like it's very well prepared, actually. He seems like he is a very prepared guy. Also, a little bit of a cynic, but very well prepared. Says, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. And I knew that you gathered where you did not sow. And so, because of that, I went and I hid your stuff. And here you go. Here you have it back. You know, at what point does this guy think, well, that is a good excuse for the master, if he actually knows this stuff about the master? If he knows that the master is, you know, the runner-up to be on the panel of Shark Tank... You know, he just missed Mark Cuban's spot by that much. 
What makes him think this is the way to go? I don't think that's what he's doing at all. I think that what he's doing is he has already made the master his enemy in his heart. And that's what it appears to be as he's speaking these words to the master. Master, I knew that you would exploit me. I knew that you would take anything that I made because you gather where you did not sow. You gave us these talents so that we could go out and make you money. Well, I tell you what, buddy, I'm not going to make you a cent. Instead, I'm going to go and bury your money so that I don't have to say that I lost anything, but also I'm not going to fall for your exploitative trick of trying to get us to make you money. Could that be what he's saying? And could that be what we're saying? Could that be where we're at sometimes? Where we go, okay God, I got you man. You gave me this life. You gave me this life. Thanks. Here's what I'm going to do with your gift of life. I'm just going to use it for me. I'm not going to lose any of it for anybody else. Just, just for my sake. I'm going to go and bury it someplace. I'm not going to bother investing it. Any place. I'm not even going to bother thinking about it growing in any way. I'm just going to kind of cruise and we'll see what it's like when you come back. I won't, I won't lose anything, I promise. There have definitely been aspects of my life and times in my life where that has been my prepared statement for God. God, I, I, I didn't do anything, but I didn't lose anything either, and so that should be okay, right? God, I really didn't technically sin there, did I? Good answer. God, I, I just, I'm just gonna worry about me and, you know, let those other people worry about all of those other folks. How often has that been? Our response to God's gifting. And the reason that our response gets there is because of the way that we see God. If we see God as somebody who's just going to donate into our life once, well then we're going to end up being people that try to hoard that gift away. We're going to be people that don't take risks. We're going to be people that say, well I'm, I'm just going to keep this. But that's not the God that we know. The God that we know is a crazy venture capitalist who does not take away our funding when we get into a place of failure. 
He's not somebody who says, hey, here's the keys to the car, but then as soon as we put a dent in the fender, that he takes the whole thing away. No, instead, the God that we serve, the God that we love, is a father. The God that we serve, the God that we love, is self-giving. The God that we serve and that we love is somebody who is not someone who wants us to go and hide away who wants us to be prepared with just enough, but rather He's somebody that wants us to trust Him. Because after all, the guy with the five and the guy with the two, they wouldn't have done that if they didn't trust. They wouldn't have done that if they didn't trust that what they were given was enough. They wouldn't have done that if they didn't trust that the Father wouldn't penalize them for going out and risking it all. They wouldn't have done that if they didn't trust that the Father wasn't loving. And that's the case with us. That's what God is asking of us. On one level, He's not asking us to be prepared at all. He's not asking us to get to some static point in our Christian life where we can finally say, well, I've arrived, Lord, here I am. But He's saying, here, take this, use this. Take this week that you have ahead of you. Take this Sunday that you have ahead of you. Take this time that you have with your families when you get together for Thanksgiving. Take all of these things that I'm giving you and go and risk it all. Because that's what I want you to be. I want you to be people that will trust me. And even if you go out there and you risk it all and it flies flat on its face, I'll give you some more. And I'll give you some more. And I'll give you some more. Just don't go and hide it. There's no reason to do that. So brothers and sisters in Christ, may you this week have faith in the richness and the graciousness of Christ. And may you go and risk it all. Amen.